The Y'all Show is on the air on this Tuesday, the all-Southern program. I'm John Rawl, and oh, it is so wonderful to have you here as we work our way through two hours of discussion all about Dixie. And coming up on today's Y'all Show, we encourage you to stick around. We've got headlines coming from across the Southeast, some political news to share with you. And then we'll move it over to Washington, D.C. for a real political report later this hour. We're going to go to the Washington Times and reporter Ryan Loveless as he will come on and weigh in on the recent elections in the Commonwealth of Virginia, in which we now have both houses of government in Richmond, Democratic held. The governor is a Democrat. The lieutenant governor somehow still in office. He's a Democrat. The attorney general somehow still in office. Oh, by the way, the governor's still in office, Governor Northam. And what is going on in Virginia, and is this likely to spread to other states like North Carolina? Ryan Loveless will be on later this hour in our Southern Political Report here on today's Y'all Show. And sports will be on our mind in the second hour. We'll start it off with a little sports land yap. The latest with Tua Tagvola, the quarterback of the Alabama Crimson Tide, who went down with a gruesome injury in Alabama's win at Mississippi State this past weekend. And Tua had a little little bit of an operation on Monday in Houston, Texas. We've got the latest on that, and we wish the youngster all the best in his recovery. He'll be done playing for the Crimson Tide here in 2019. And the question is, is he going to be back in 2020 in Tuscaloosa? Is he going to try to take his talent to the next level? All that to be answered, but we'll get the latest from Tua Tagvola in the second hour, plus a little NFL news and notes and the standings of the NFL. We'll cover that, and it's also college basketball season. We've got the latest rankings of the Southern teams in the latest top 25. And, hey, how about the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket women's program? A big win for them, a historic weekend as they got a victory in Athens, and we'll discuss that in Sportsland. Yeah. And then we'll go to Big 12 football, courtesy of Matt Hermans, the barrister of Big 12 football and the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, as Hermans will be on in the second hour with his thoughts on the Oklahoma-Baylor game, an epic comeback by the Sooners. And what's next for Baylor? Can Baylor actually win the conference? It's looking pretty good, even though they lost to Oklahoma. The real question is, is the Big 12 going to have a team represented in the college football playoff? We'll have discussion on that more with Matt Hermans in Hour 2. And then, of course, we're going to have the old fella talk about cooking. As we're just days away, nine days to be specific, we're nine days away from Thanksgiving. And we'll have the barrister team up with y'all.com to give you some great advice on deep frying turkeys if you want to know the tricks the tricks and tips of the trade listen to our y'all show hour two with matt hermans all that here on the southern show we do call y'all 803-816-1170 that is our telephone number you can text that number anytime you feel like it you can also call that number and leave a message question comment anything you have on your mind and you want to get it off we welcome that feedback here again that number to text or call 803-816-1170 our website is yall.com also you can find us on twitter and instagram at y'all show and we have a couple of streaming apps that you can listen to the show at your leisure absolutely free of charge and those apps that you can find on smartphones or on your ipad or tablet they are the apple radio the apple podcast the tune in radio app and the 
also let's see iheart media rather iheart radio is what it's technically called the red app that's got the iheart radio app it's free there search for y'all show and our show that's up and going every single day in the work week you can listen to it and get your feel of the southland with the y'all show well we hope your tuesday is off and going good we got about a week left for most of you a week left of work and then you'll enjoy that nice thursday and friday off in fact i bet you a lot of you are already planning out your black friday plan your schedule where you're going to go shopping and yours truly will not be going anywhere that day nowhere close to a shopping mall nowhere close to a walmart on black friday yeah i don't like crowds personally anytime but certainly if i can avoid it and black friday is a day i choose to just avoid i'll take the i guess the the more quiet route and let y'all just go out there and get those bargains and buy stuff you really probably don't need on black friday but that's next week that's at the end of next week and so you got a few more days of, of, I guess, calm if you're trying to save up. All right, let's talk about headlines in the South. And sadly, from Oklahoma, three people killed at an Oklahoma Walmart in a shooting there in Duncan, Oklahoma. This happened on Monday. Two men and a woman fatally shot outside this Walmart store in southwestern Oklahoma. And the shooter is among the dead, according to authorities. The two victims shot inside a car and the third died in a parking lot just before 10 o'clock outside the store in Duncan. According to Duncan Police Chief Danny Ford, authorities did not immediately describe a motivation for the shooting. As the police chief said that the investigators believe the gunman shot the male and female victims and then turned the gun on himself. But this was a tragic day. Another Walmart shooting, this time in Oklahoma, in the town of Duncan as three people killed on monday more headlines from across the southeast and sadly we've got a funeral here of a law enforcement official in middle tennessee and that funeral is happening today in madison tennessee as tennessee highway patrol and more will be honoring cheatham county deputy stephen reese as his body will be escorted by officers troopers and deputies and he'll be buried today in the Nashville area. Tennessee Highway Patrol said that Cheatham's County Sheriff's Deputy Reese was traveling eastbound on Oak Plains Road when he failed to stop at a stop sign, and his patrol car was hit on the driver's side by a van, and the Reese was not wearing a seat belt, according to THP. Not that it would have made a difference, according to Tennessee Highway Patrol, but he was killed in this accident right on the I think Cheatham and Montgomery County line, I think is where this happened, north of Ashland City, Tennessee. And Deputy Reese will be buried today in Middle Tennessee. Just a unfortunate death of a law enforcement official, this Cheatham County, Tennessee deputy killed while on patrol. I saw this on Monday. Don't know if you saw it on your Facebook feed or more, but a lot of people angry at a decision from Chick-fil-A that they're going to halt donations to three groups that are against gay marriage. And now the Atlanta-based Chick-fil-A says that starting in 2020, it will focus its giving on three areas, hunger, homelessness, and education. And the company said in a statement, this decision was made to create more clarity and to better address three critical needs facing children across the communities. 
Chick-fil-A serves. The president of Chick-fil-A is Tim Tassipolis. He said the company, which is closed on Sundays, will still consider donations to faith-based groups. The company wouldn't say whether it will consider an organization organization's position on gay rights before donating. But a lot of people feel like Chick-fil-A is backtracking here is is caving in to political pressure to the social social justice warrior pressure in 2017 and 2018 the chick-fil-a foundation gave 2.4 million dollars to the missouri-based fellowship of christian athletes for sports camps for underserved youth and also gave 165,000 to the salvation army to buy christmas gifts for needy children the foundation also gave 6,000 to the paul anderson youth homes but chick-fil-a's decision to no longer support groups that angered some conservatives and they say they stood by the restaurant in 2012 and chick-fil-a's dan kathy said that he didn't support gay marriage and it appears that some of the groups that kind of depend on this that may not be in support of gay marriage etc are going to get cut out of the chick-fil-a donations chick-fil-a by the way now operates around 2400 restaurants and they've gotten heat at places like San Antonio when they tried to open up a Chick-fil-A there in the airport as the company's gay rights record was under assault. Also, in the United Kingdom, we, we actually told you about this recently on the show, a location there had to close just days after it opened because of protests. So Chick-fil-A, it appears, is doing things a little bit different in terms of the way they donate, and some of the hardcore conservatives out there are not exactly happy about this decision let's talk a little politics here on the day's y'all show joe biden he's going to depend on the great state of south carolina to be his firewall and according to polls that firewall in the palmetto state might still be holding strong even though he's slipping in places like iowa and new hampshire as because he has these great ties to south carolina remember joe biden and strom thurmond were actually buddies he gave the eulogy at strom thurmond's funeral in 2001 i think it's when senator thurman died and former governor of south carolina thurman and joe biden he's got a 33 percent he's that's where he is in the polls in south carolina among likely democratic primary voters this is a quinnipiac university survey that was released on monday now if joe biden's at 33 that means elizabeth warren the senator from massachusetts is in second place at 13 percent and bernie sanders has 11 percent and Pete Buttigieg, he's at 6%. So 20% higher Joe Biden has, according to the Quinnipiac survey, than his nearest competitor, and that would be Elizabeth Warren. And let me remind you, not because this is my native state, but South Carolina is really the first state that is most aligned with not only the South, but the way normal states vote and the way normal states go. I'm sorry, the way they do it in Iowa with the, with the whole caucus thing is just a little weird. And that's why almost every time, both Republican and Democrat, you go to the Iowa caucuses, the winner of that almost never ends up being the nominee or eventually the president. Never, almost never. I think Barack Obama was an exception. But usually it's some really strange candidate and then they're gone after another couple of months from the race okay and then you go to new hampshire and new hampshire is a little bit more normal but because of where it is in the country and not a whole lot of diversity it's not really a good example of the way the country for the most part is going to vote 
And when you get to South Carolina, the first in the South primary, it's very much uh, an example, a case study of the entire South with the demographics there, a heavy black population, for example, a extremely heavy black population on the Democratic side of things. And if South Carolina decides to vote for someone, usually that person ends up getting the nomination for the party. That would be the case with Donald Trump. That was the case with Barack Obama and others through the years. And if Joe Biden is still doing well in South Carolina, at least in this early polling, I think he's got a darn good chance of fending off any of these other competitors going forward. If you win South Carolina, you're probably going to get the nomination. That's just the way it historically is. So that's what's going on with Biden having a 20-point lead there in the Quinnipiac poll. Now, President Trump, (laughs) good old President Trump, he's not afraid to call up the Democrats when they deserve to be called. And that's what he did on Monday as he called up the Democratic governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, as Edwards on Saturday defeated his Republican gubernatorial candidate, Eddie Responi. And as a result, Edwards is going to have another term as the governor of the great state of Louisiana. And President Trump on Monday called up Edwards and told the governor that he ran a hell of a campaign and looks forward to working with him again. That, according to a spokesperson for Governor John Bell Edwards. Now, it was just a couple of days before and really a couple of weeks before President Trump was tweeting and coming to Louisiana saying to replace radical liberal John Bell Edwards with a true Louisiana patriot. But when his guy loses in the case of Responi, President Trump's quick to get on there and side with the Democratic governor, who has actually, I think, come out in favor of abortion or or pro-life against abortion, unlike most of the Democrats. And he is the only Democrat in the Deep South. I can't say that Virginia is the Deep South and perhaps not even North Carolina. Both of those states have Democratic governors. But Governor Edwards of Louisiana certainly is the only governor in the Gulf South region, and he's now getting calls from the White House to try to, I guess, make things a little bit easier amongst them, and we'll find out how much of a difference that makes. An update to a story out of the Grenada, Mississippi area, as the NAACP is they're out getting mad about this case, and they filed help file a suit on Monday to seek the prosecutor. They're trying to block him from excluding black jurors in a case that goes back many, many years to Curtis Flowers, as he's been tried six times for murder in a 1996 slaying that happened in Winona, Mississippi, as he's charged with gunning down four people execution style in a Winona, Mississippi furniture store. And the lawsuit filed on Monday in federal court in Greenville, Mississippi, asked the U.S. District Judge Deborah Brown to permanently order Evans and his assistants to stop using peremptory challenges to remove black jurors because of their race. The district is a rural expanse of northern Mississippi that includes Atala, Carroll, Choctaw, Grenada, Montgomery, Webster, and Winston counties. As again, they've tried this guy six times, Curtis Flowers. And I think there has to be evidence for them to try to go to a jury and and go to trial to convict him. But he's been actually 
he's been, I guess, escaping the guilty verdict for a long time. And a case, actually, this case went before the U.S. Supreme Court, which overturned a murder conviction on this man, citing racial bias in jury selection. And now this this Grenada-based district judge, or rather prosecutor, Doug Evans, is catching grief from the NAACP and others, and they're trying to stop him from excluding blacks from the jury of this man who's accused of murder in Mississippi. Now, more stories coming in from the Southeast. A woman is going to receive 15 days in jail for throwing a cup at a Florida congressman. We told you about this story not long ago as this woman, 35-year-old Amanda Kondryetjev, was sentenced Monday in Pensacola, and her confinement said set to begin on December 2nd. She pleaded guilty to assault in August, and she faced up to a year in prison. And she was part of a group protesting back in June outside a ta- town hall meeting that Representative Matt Gates attended. He's the guy that's on television a lot and a very loud supporter for President Trump. And he was leaving a coffee house when a cup struck him in the back, and several witnesses identify the woman as the assailant, and the throw was actually caught on video. And this 35-year-old now going to go away for 15 days for throwing a cup at a Florida congressman, Congressman Gates. Have a good time in the Hooskow, but you'll be out in two weeks' time. Not that long. Now, another story coming from the Sunshine State. A marina there in Florida had a fire, and it destroyed two luxury yachts. And do you want to take a guess at the price tag on these luxury yachts there at Fort Lauderdale's Marina Mile? The combined value of these two yachts, of which one was not mine, in case you're wondering, the combined value, $24 million. As the fire happened early on Saturday morning before daylight, and it destroyed these two massive boats there in the South Florida area. I'm looking for a brand of these boats. I don't see it quite yet. I know the larger yacht was named Langren and built in 2006. The smaller yacht was named Reflections, and it was a 22-year-old yacht. But again, combined, as we said, $24 million for these yachts. I must be in the wrong business. <laughs> Of course, in South Florida, there's a chance that those yachts might be paid for by dirty money. When we come back on, y'all, we've got more headlines coming from across the Southeast. Some fun stuff. Plus, FedEx Chairman Fred Smith, he's not happy with the New York Times, and he's gone vocal about his anger with the NYT. We'll have info on that. Plus, a pilot in Florida, an aviator there, has broken a Guinness record for a cross-country helicopter flight. We'll have the name and info on that fun, fun story. And all that is headed your way next. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com terms. Please don't text and drive. 
Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50. Y'all talk with a southern accent, and we want to hear your accent. Text or call 803-816-1170 with a question or a comment. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Y'all Show. Make sure to like the Y'all.com Facebook page and bookmark the website, Y'all.com, which has bunches of great southern reads. And get the on-demand editions at iTunes Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, and the iHeartRadio apps. Now back to the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. And we're back on y'all, and those are the ways to get in touch with us, and we welcome your feedback anytime here on the Y'all Show. Talk with us, Southern Accent. All right, we know in the South, people come and go. Southerners often move to other Southern states, but sometimes Southerners decide to go up North or go out West, but more often, we've got a whole lot more incoming. We've got Yankees that are moving down here and becoming damn Yankees, meaning they come and they stay. And that happens so much. But I've got some information specifically on the great state of Alabama that I want to share with you. As more than 8,000 people per year have moved from Alabama to Texas And that's been happening since 2010. And that makes Texas one of the biggest destinations for people leaving Alabama during that time. And all this is coming from the U.S. Census Bureau migration data as more Alabamians move to Texas than they move to nearby and next door neighbor Mississippi. I guess not too many people from Red Bay want to cross that border and go over there to Tremont. No, don't want to do that. They'd rather go, instead of Tremont, Mississippi, they'd rather go to Temple, Texas. As Texas, did you know this, is the fastest growing state in the country in terms of total population. And many of the fastest growing counties are there in the state of Texas. And of course, a lot of Alabamians go there to Texas. Now, of course, many of the southern states can probably trace people leaving and going to those states like Texas, too. But let me tell you this. I just told you that 8,000 people per year have gone from Alabama to Texas. 
Now, how does that compare to, let's say, that northern migration down here? Well, nearly 30,000 people have moved from Illinois to Alabama since 2010. In this decade alone, 30,000 from just that one Yankee state. And can you blame them? Especially if they're in Chicago, (laughs) can you blame them for wanting to go to the heart of Dixie? Can you blame them for wanting to go to other great southern states like Tennessee or Kentucky or perhaps the Carolinas? We have so much more fun, exciting, and certainly more livable conditions here than a lot of the Yankee states. The top 10 destinations, by the way, for Alabamians, we told you they like to go to Texas. Most Alabamians, though, I think, according to the research that I'm looking at, go to Louisiana. It's Louisiana, Texas, Colorado, Tennessee, South Carolina, then Mississippi, California, Missouri, Oregon, and Massachusetts. Now, how would you like to move from Alabama to Massachusetts? Wouldn't that be culture shock? (laughs) I I would think so. Again, all this data coming from the U.S. Census Bureau. You can go there and research it and find more about your state. But thought we'd share that fun story here to start out our headlines here as we continue on with the y'all show. Hey, let's talk some business news out of the mid south and Express RX. That's a pharmaceutical retailer that's got stores across the south. They've decided to relocate their headquarters from Oklahoma to Little Rock, and the company expects to create 24 new high paying jobs with this move and the little rock headquarters will help fuel continued growth of the company according to express rx ceo galen perkins and the governor of arkansas asia hutchinson said the leaders behind express rx have decades of experience bringing quality pharmaceutical care to thousands of arkansans and as the company grows and expands we're excited to be part of the journey and in case you're wondering where Express RX is located, they have stores as they've gone in and acquired a bunch of Fred's pharmacies, which have gone out of business now. And you'll find this brand in Alabama, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Tennessee in a store that started in Miami, Oklahoma back in 2013 and now growing forward and adding capital as they receive money from Franklin McClarty, a Little Rock store. And and that's more good news for those, especially I think I saw because of Fred's closing, which had a huge presence across the South. When Fred's closed in some locations, it meant that the only pharmacy in certain counties went out of business. And I don't know what those people did. The people, especially that had a hard time getting outside of their county, they were really, really in a bad spot. And maybe this Express RX is going to come into some of these deserts caused by departures like Fred's and provide pharmaceuticals to the local population. More Mid-South business news here on this Tuesday. Hey, have you ever heard of a company called FedEx? Well, the FedEx CEO is Fred Smith, and he is now going public challenging. The New York Times' recently published article detailing his company's taxes as they had a story out how FedEx cut its tax bill to zero dollars. And FedEx Public Affairs and Fred Smith, the chairman of FedEx, said on Twitter, Today's New York Times story about FedEx taxes is distorted and factually inaccurate. Read FedEx CEO Fred Smith's statement and challenge to the New York Times. And he, let's just say, he went off. And you know what? What's crazy is Joe Biden, the Democratic contender for president, the former vice president, actually weighed in on this story as he put out on Twitter, Corporations need to pay their fair share in taxes. 
I'll reverse Trump's giveaway to the super wealthy and corporations just because it's time we reward work, not just wealth. That from Joe Biden and other Democratic people also weighed in. But as we said, Fred Smith, he challenged the publisher of the Times and the business section editor to a debate. He says the debate should focus on federal tax policy and the societal benefits of business investments to the U.S. economy. Fred Smith, the native Mississippian, he ain't going to stand for the New York Times putting down his company. And so he went public with his grief against them. All right, let's go to the University of Georgia. And they're going to officially name the College of Education at UGA after Mary Frances Early, as she was the first black to earn a degree from the University of Georgia when she graduated in August of 1962 with a master's degree in music education. And she later returned to Georgia to earn a specialist in education degree. And now she will end up having the school there, the College of Education, named after her. Early worked as a music teacher in Atlanta Public Schools and eventually became music director of the entire school system. She retired back in 1994 after serving 37 years. So now students at UGA in Athens are going to go to the College of Education named after Mary Frances Early. Now, more stories from the Southeast to tell you about as South Carolina. How about a good story to wrap up some of our headlines today? South Carolina says more than half a million loggerhead sea turtle hatchlings have made it to sea during a record breaking year. Although Hurricane Dorian did its best to cause damage to these loggerhead sea turtle hatchlings, the Charleston newspaper, the Post and Courier reports that preliminary data from the state natural resources department counts about 525,000 turtles emerged from their nest. And the previous record was set back in 2016 when eggshell counts showed only about three only. I mean, this is a large number. 396,400 turtles emerged and the number is still being verified. But if true, we've had more than 125 additional thousand, 125,000 additional hatchlings of these awesome creatures the loggerhead sea turtles which you can see on the south carolina and north carolina and georgia coast coming on shore laying their their hatchlings and then they go back out to sea it's a really cool thing to see if you're able to find that on youtube or maybe you'll even see it in person but a great news story coming from the palmetto state's coastline and finally how about the florida pilot that has earned the guinness book of world records flight for cross-country helicopter flight and this miami-based pilot yosiki chapmoriat finished the the task as he tried to become what would be the incredible deal crossing the 40 states in the country flying the helicopter 40 states in the shortest amount of time and that's 12 days 14 hours and 59 minutes and he finished this fastest solo helicopter flight through all 48 continuous states in the U.S. So he didn't just go from coast to coast. He went all across the 48 states in some way, shape, or form. And as a result of that, he set the Guinness World Record for solo helicopter flight all in this country. Seeing this literally in the helicopter crisscrossing the country going over the 48 states. Now, what a great record and a great feat for this helicopter pilot from Miami. 
That is a look at headlines from across the South, and we're just going to keep on buzzing, speaking of helicopters. And when we come back, we'll have a little buzz about political talk as we'll go to Washington, D.C., and Washington Times political reporter Ryan Loveless is going to join me on the telephone, and he's going to talk about what's going on in the Commonwealth of Virginia. It is all Democrat these days, thanks to the latest election there in Richmond, and we'll find out why and what else is going on in the South political speaking from Ryan Loveless. That's ahead as the Y'all Show rolls on. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. No time has passed And months has gone But this love in my heart, oh yeah, has lingered on. But when I get worried, I sneak away and cry. Back into the Y'all Show in our political spotlight of the region. I'm John Rawl, and we're going to go to our nation's capital to be joined now by the political reporter for the Washington Times, who focuses on advocacy groups in D.C. and more. He's also previously reported for the American Lawyer Media and has covered politics and the Supreme Court for the Washington Examiner. Welcome into the Y'all Show, Ryan Loveless. Hello, Ryan. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on the Y'all Show. Where, where are you from, Ryan? 
I'm in the Northern Virginia area, originally from the suburbs of Chicago. Ah, okay. Well, we we um, we feel sorry for you, native Chicagoans here this time of year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's starting to get really, really cold there now. Yeah. So you escape Chicago to D.C. from from an icy swamp to just the swamp. How about that? <laughs> exactly. Well, your latest article caught my eye here at WashingtonTimes.com, and it is about moderate Republicans building a farm team to recapture the House of Representatives in 2022. Now, is there a reason it's another two or three, four years down the road instead of in 2020? Yes. According to the Republican Main Street Partnership that's looking ahead at, the th- at these uh, different races across the country, what they're seeing is at most in the coming election, they think they can gain a net five seats. The most likely scenario is two or three, which puts the House out of reach for another couple of years. Interestingly, in talking to them, they don't view the election or re-election of President Trump as contingent upon the House coming back Republicans' way. You know, whether or not he wins, they think the House is going to move in Republican hands in 2022. And really what they're looking to do, the moderate Republicans, is try to find a path forward to protect some of those Republicans that won first in 2016 when Hillary Clinton won their districts, but Republicans managed to take those seats and then flip a few of the seats that the Democrats took in 2018 that have been red uh, districts for quite some time. All right. So here in the South, we cover 16 Southern states. Would you classify any of these so-called moderate Republicans from any of these 16 states? Well, it's, difficult to see precisely where they're going to be right now they're in the process at republican main street partnership of identifying precisely where some of these moderate uh seats are i consider kansas kind of great plains state not so much the south although they are sort of big 12 country um and and there's a couple of spots there there may be a couple of openings down in southern florida closer to miami mm-hmm. um where there might be a couple of spots as well but primarily the areas that they're looking at are near your traditional uh big city blue power bases uh suburbs in california uh new jersey where there's only one republican left um, out in Iowa, where a Republican lost last time around that had been there for quite some time as a businessman, and they think they can come back. You know, I think a lot of this is being driven especially by this race in 2020, having more women candidates than ever before for the Republican Party. The NRCC is really pounding that home. And a lot of business people that are running because they are concerned about the rise of socialism on the left. Yeah. Well, just to kind of wrap up 2018, I have my own thoughts. I'm sure our listeners have their own thoughts on what happened there. But what's the Ryan Loveless thought on how the Democrats not only took back control of the House, but they got so many seats? Well, I think it's complicated. I think there's a few different things that went on. The first of which was Donald Trump wasn't on the ballot. You know, if Donald Trump had been on the ballot, President Trump the I think the different races where Democrats picked up seats that Trump had won in 2016, it could have been completely different. Donald Trump was a, you know, a rising tide that lifted all boats down ballot for the Republican Party. And in 2018, there was a lot of talk about health care. And going into 2020, I think there's going to be even more talk about health care. You know, interestingly, the whole fight over Justice Kavanaugh's nomination helped Republicans in the Senate, perhaps more than it did in the House. But I think going into 2022, the issue of judges and the courts 
and all of that sort of a thing is going to be very important again as well. And I think that's something that didn't really filter into the House last time, but it may this time with the impeachment inquiry that House Democrats are leading this week really started to heat up. Yeah. Well, here's my question. I'm not there in the in the swamp like you are, Ryan. We're visiting with Ryan Lovelace of the Washington Times, WashingtonTimes.com here on the Southern Political Report of today's Y'all Show. And because I'm evidently just all outside of the swamp, Ryan, I don't understand how health care was even that big of a topic in 2018 because I thought we'd kind of already been there and done that. That's right. We have been. And I think really it was more of Democrats trying to make it an issue of Republicans want to take away your health care. They want to undo Obamacare. They want to repeal without a plan to replace. And they really made that the thing. Right now, one of the only things that Congress thinks it can get done, people on both sides of the aisle, a lot of the swamp creatures, lobbyists in town think can get accomplished amid an impeachment trial potentially happening in the Senate is this drug pricing legislation. You know, folks know that their drug prices are far too high and both parties, Republicans and Democrats, agree that they can do things to change that. But they're not actually going to get it done because both parties want to run on it. And Speaker Pelosi has kind of tried to squash the conservatives plan to bring prices down. And I think that's going to be a thing where we see that immediately becoming a 2020 issue is the cost of drug pricing, different things to do with the insurance industry. And all of that is going to heat up again because so much of what we saw unfold after Obamacare is now really coming home to roost. Well, again, that's trying to kind of understand what happened a couple of years ago with the House election that really was a a butt whooping. It wasn't necessarily the blue wave that everybody expected where they took back control of the Senate as well. But from a House of Representatives standpoint, yes, Democrats, you absolutely can spike the ball with that victory. And as a result of that, you have things like impeachment inquiries and public impeachment inquiries going on in Washington, D.C. With a Republican held House, there would be no such thing. Ryan, I want to ask you as we get ready for next year and then as your article kind of focuses on 2022, your interview that you did there as part of your article, Moderate Republicans Building a Farm Team to Recapture the House in 2022, you visited with Republican Main Street Partnership CEO Sarah Chamberlain. And one of the things she talked about was the crisis that Republicans have with suburban voters, which was very apparent in the 2018 election. So what is your thoughts? What did she tell you about what's going on there in the burbs? One of the things she told me that really surprised me was that she thinks the crisis with suburban voters in 2020 is going to be worse than 18 and far worse than 2016, and that it's particularly problematic among women. And what Ms. Jamblin was saying to me was in talking and going out around the country and identifying these different spots where Republicans can really make some ground and then advance a conservative agenda was that many of these women, many of these suburbanites are all entirely in support of Donald Trump's policies. They just don't like President Trump's rhetoric, his use of Twitter, those sorts of things. And if there was a way to separate and kind of thread that needle, that's sort of the sweet spot for many Republicans that are in these difficult districts. And so what they're doing now at the Republican Main Street Partnership is beginning to hold what they're calling a candidate school, where different candidates that are trying to get elected in districts that Democrats have been pouring money into can go and learn about the right kinds of ways to approach voters who might be skeptical of Trump, but actually be open to pro-business policies 
that the far left socialist candidates running for president in the 2020 Democratic primary race are opposed to. And there is some opportunity there, but it's difficult to know precisely what's going to play. And I think that's what they're really trying to do now in building this farm team is have an infrastructure so that for those seats that are sort of in the middle that could go either way, they tip them red. So then when President Trump has an opportunity to govern, if he does, if he wins reelection, that the Republican majority will be there in the House that isn't there now. Ryan, you live in a state that is a good example of kind of what we're talking about with some of these leaning Democrat trends, and that's the great old Dominion state, and that is Virginia. And here we've seen some of the suburban votes go to Democrats, and now in the state legislature in Richmond, you've got a Democratic-controlled House, and as well as, the, I guess, the delegates, as well as the Senate, or however they do it there in Virginia. Y'all do things a little bit different there in Virginia, especially with your governor only having the one term which hey that's actually probably not a bad idea and i wanted to ask you from your knowledge of living in virginia is virginia kind of the example of how republicans are going to have to fight to get any kind of red in a sea of blue it appears it may be there's some unique challenges i think about virginia that have changed in the last few years that are that set it apart from the rest of the country the growth of government in dc has been so large especially during the obama administration that you've got an influx of um big city uh deep blue voters into the northern virginia suburbs of washington dc and they're really the ones that have tipped the state blue but i think the issues that we saw come forward in this last election are going to be things that we'll see play out nationwide. You know, things like the right to life issue, the pro-life issue that Governor Northam here in Virginia was facing um, after his comments dealing with infanticide and taking talking points from Planned Parenthood. Things like censorship of conservatives online and concerns about big tech companies, I think, are also going to matter. I think perhaps, though, the state that's going to be um, most representative of what could happen elsewhere is Texas. There's a few Republicans that are retiring in Texas. Some of them are close to the border. And I think immigration is going to matter. Texas is going to matter. Democrats have long talked about trying to turn it blue, and they've never been able to. But I think that's a state where it's typically thought of as deep red, and it's always been that way for quite some time now. Shouldn't say always, but for quite some time now. And I think that's going to be something even more so than Virginia that's going to kind of set the tone for the Republican Party going into 2020. Wrapping up our conversation with the Washington Times and their great reporter, Ryan Lovis, you can go find his work at WashingtonTimes.com and the article we've been referencing here, the moderate Republicans building a farm team to recapture the House in 2022. But Ryan, you've been busy working on a bunch of different stuff, kind of glancing through some of your recent articles. You've got something up about Schiff's crusade, Republicans challenge the chairman's bias, as well as something on Clarence Thomas as he blasted joe biden in a documentary called created equal clarence thomas in his own words what is that all about well i think what we're seeing is a lot of these supreme court justices are willing to be more vocal i had the opportunity to go attend a private screening here at the smithsonian in dc um it's a documentary that's coming out next year where justice thomas spoke at length for dozens of hours to tell his own story in his own words so that others wouldn't do it for him you know the politics surrounding the judiciary has become very vitriolic and very bitter and it's something that i've really been focused on ever since president trump first ran for president 
dating all the way back to the earliest days of his campaign when he was creating the Supreme Court shortlist. I'd also just written this book called Search and Destroy Inside the Campaign Against Brett Kavanaugh that walks people through the way in which the radical left went after uh, Judge Ben Judge Kavanaugh's nomination and worked to scuttle his nomination. And so I think what we're seeing with Justice Thomas doing the documentary, with Justice Kavanaugh going to speak publicly later this week, I think what we're seeing is justices going out there and trying to tell their own stories for themselves rather than have other folks in the press do it for them and tell a story in a way that they wouldn't do themselves. All right. Again, you covered the Supreme Court for the Washington Examiner. I know you've got a cool job anyway, but that has to be really cool covering the Supreme Court. It is. Yeah, it, it's been fascinating. It's really interesting to see. There's some you know, special moments there that unfortunately don't get captured by camera for the public to see, whether it's, you know, the investiture where Justice Gorsuch was seated on the court and it's kind of closed off to the public. I've been very fortunate to have the opportunity to see some of those things. And, you know, I, I always enjoy the opportunity to share that with readers of The Washington Times. And we appreciate you sharing a little bit of that here on The Y'all Show. Ryan Loveless has been our special guest. He's a political reporter for The Washington Times and has great work there on the website. Also, you you can go on Twitter and find Ryan Lovelace. That's L-O-V-E-L-A-C-E, Ryan D. Lovelace, Ryan D on Twitter. And also just check out his great work at WashingtonTimes.com. Ryan, appreciate you coming on and have a great rest of your week. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. More of the Y'all Show continues in hour two. Stay with us. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. From ooh to aww, whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code HOLIDAY50. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. The Y'all Show Hour 2 on this Tuesday. John Rawl, our number, 803-816-1170. Would love to get your feedback here on this, the show that's all about 
Dixie. Matt Hermans is our barbecue and Big 12 barrister, and he's coming up in the next segment and will be on the rest of the hour to talk about Big 12 football. What a great game this past weekend, although not necessarily the most fun game if you're a Baylor Bear fan as they collapse in the second half and let Oklahoma escape McLean Stadium with a victory. Matt's going to weigh in on that game and what else happened in Week 12. He'll also look forward to what's going on in the Big 12 in Week 13, all as part of our Big 12 Spotlight with Matt Hermans coming up in the next segment. And then we'll get the old boy to switch over to his other role of talking barbecue and cooking. And we're just nine days away today from Thanksgiving. And he's got some incredible tips and advice on what you need to do to deep fry turkey for Thanksgiving. So you don't want to miss out on that. Plus, we'll be teamed up with y'all.com. Great story about deep frying turkeys there that we'll share all that knowledge with you at the end of this hour. Right here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Well, this is the time here in our Tuesday edition that we call Sports Land Yap. Looking at various sports stories from various sports. And we'll start off with a little college football news. As the big story on Monday in NCAA football was Tua Tagovailoa, the Alabama quarterback, as he had successful surgery on his right hip on Monday morning in Houston. The school announced this. The surgery went as planned, according to the University of Alabama, and said that Tagovailoa is resting comfortably. The doctor, Dr. Lynn Kane, said in a statement, Tua's prognosis is excellent, and we expect him to make a full recovery. And he, Dr. Kane, is an orthopedic surgeon with the Alabama football staff. And Dr. Kane says he will be returning to Tuscaloosa in the next several days to begin his rehab. Now, I don't know if you saw the picture that went viral of Tua in the hospital there in Houston, but he was sitting in a hospital bed playing a ukulele as he is a native of Hawaii and seemed to be taking this as best he has. And I know he's put out some some statements and some comments on social media thanking the Alabama fans and all fans of football for this gruesome injury that he suffered. And if Dr. Kane is right there, the orthopedic surgeon for the University of Alabama, perhaps you'll see Tua playing again for the Crimson Tide. Perhaps you'll see him playing professionally somewhere, but he's got an uphill climb for sure. Now, his team went on to win 38-7 over the past weekend in Starkville against Mississippi State. Alabama has Western Carolina coming into Tuscaloosa this weekend in their final home game. Then they'll be on the road at Jordan-Hare Stadium for the Iron Bowl next weekend without Tua, of course. But we wish him all the best as he's resting after the successful surgery on his hip according to the orthopedic surgeon for the Alabama football team. Now let's look at the football standings for some of our group of five conferences that have Southern connections. And the American Athletic Conference right now, Cincinnati continues to be the darling of the East Division. The Bearcats are 6-0, and 9-1, and and they're in the top 20. UCF and the Temple Owls are at 4-2 and in the East Division. On the West Side, man, West Side Story ought to be what this one's called, Memphis SMU and the Navy midshipmen all have a five and one record in conference, rather American conference record. And all of these teams are in, well, SMU somehow is not ranked this week. I'm not sure how that happened. But yes, Navy is in the top 25 or have been in the top 25. Memphis is really the team that's got a lot of momentum with nine wins already. 
And Mike Norvell's team has Cincinnati coming in to close up the regular season. So go Tigers go for all of you Memphis fans listening. Now let's move over to CUSA and the Marshall Thundering Herd out of Huntington, West Virginia. They are atop the East Division of CUSA tied with the Florida Atlantic Owls the Fighting Lane Kiffins. Both of those teams have five and one conference marks and are seven and three overall. When you move over to the West Division of CUSA, the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech are at five and one, eight and two overall. Southern Miss is five and one, seven and three overall. Surprisingly, UAB, the Blazers with two losses in conference play, they're at four and two and a couple of games back in the standings of the West Division of CUSA. And then when we look at the Sun Belt Conference, big game this past weekend in Atlanta, and what a great win for Coach Drinkwitz's Appalachian State Mountaineers. They went to the Ted Turner Field, now Georgia State Stadium in downtown Atlanta, and they defeated the Georgia State Panthers in a big way in App State right now in the catbird seat with a 5-1 and Sun Belt record, 9-1 and Ranked in the top 25. Remember, this is the program that went and beat South Carolina. They beat North Carolina, and they're on their way to a berth in the Sun Belt Championship game with a 5-1 and one conference record. Georgia Southern is at 4-2. and two. Those Georgia State Panthers are at 3-3. Three and three. That's the same mark the Troy Trojans have. In the West Division of the Sun Belt, Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette continue to do good this year. They are at 8-2 and two overall, 5-1 and one in conference play. The Red Wolves from Arkansas State are at 4-2, and 6-4 and four overall. So several teams, it looks like, out of the Sun Belt will be heading to bowl berths. And many are still in the running for possibly winning the conference championship here this year. How about the standings of the National Football League? The Patriots continue to impress. They're 9-1, and one, and they're on a little bit of a win streak after suffering that loss on Sunday night football, I think it was, to the Ravens. And the Pats 9-1, and one, and they have a couple of games lead over the Bills. 7-3 and three are the Buffalo Bills. And the AFC North, the Ravens have the lead there with an 8-2 and two mark. The Steelers are just behind them with a 5-5 five and five record. So the Ravens with a little bit of an edge there in the AFC North. AFC South, this one is a really close division with the Colts and Texans tied with six and four marks. The Titans are at five and five. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on a two-game losing streak, and they are four and six in the standings. AFC West, the Chiefs and Raiders are at six and four. The Chargers of LA are at four and six. Broncos three and seven. When we get over to the NFC, the National Football Conference, the Cowboys are ahead of the NFC East with a six and four mark. Big win for Dallas and Detroit this past weekend. The Eagles are at five and five. They had their setback over the weekend. The Giants are two and eight on a six game losing streak. The Redskins are one and nine. The Packers lead the NFC North, but are actually technically tied with the Vikings. Eight and two are the Packers. The Vikings are at eight and three with one extra game played there. Bears are four and six. The Detroit Lions are three and six. The and one, by the way, they had that tie with the Cardinals to start the season. The NFC South looks pretty good for the New Orleans Saints. Big win this weekend in Tampa. Eight and two are Drew Brees and company. The Panthers with a shocking loss at home to Atlanta Falcons. Five and five are the Panthers. The Falcons improve to three and seven. The Dirty Birds on a two game win streak over the NFC South, by the way. And the Bucks are at three and seven. And then when we get to the NFC West, the Niners are at nine and one. And the Seahawks are nipping on their heels with an eight and two record. Rams are six and four. And the Cardinals are three, seven, and one. 
Now to some college basketball and to give you a little idea of the standings there. The Duke Blue Devils have almost all of the first place votes with 52, and Duke is comfortably at number one in college basketball. The ACC's Louisville Cardinals are at number two. Other teams in the South in the top 25, North Carolina is at number five. The Maryland Terps are at number six. UVA defending national champs are at seven. Big Blue of Kentucky, after losing to Evansville last week, dropped from number one all the way down to number nine. Then you have Texas Tech at number 12. Also in the top 25, Auburn checks in at 19. Tennessee is at number 20. And finally in sports land, yep, to women's college basketball. And for the first time in program history, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket women's basketball team went to Athens. And in the classic city, they were able to take care of business against the Georgia Lady Bulldogs 73-40 to on Sunday. They got 20 points from Francesca Pan and the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech winning in Athens for the first time. Congratulations. As Tech actually has a new coach this year. And they're off to a pretty good start, 3-0 and in women's college basketball. Oh, and who is that coach? It's the old Auburn coach, Nell Fortner. Nell, yeah. And she's off to a great start leading the Yellow Jackets. That is Sports Lanyap here on this Tuesday. When we come back, hey, we'll have a little bit more college football talk coming your way. Matt Hermans will be on with our Big 12 report. And we'll also get him to talk about frying turkeys for Thanksgiving. All that ahead as the Y'all Show continues. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at babble.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50. Hey, 
It's the Y'all Show back here on this Tuesday, and we're talking Big 12 football. We'll talk a little turkey time with our barrister of not only barbecue, but Big 12 football. We've got Matt Herman's joining us now. Hello, Matt. A big weekend. You hear the Sooners anthem playing in the background. What a crazy night in Waco. Yeah, what a what a wild I mean, yeah, I couldn't say any better than that. What a wild game. What a wild weekend. Did you have any idea when Baylor had such a commanding lead that, yeah, this one's not still in the bag for the Bears? You know, um, I had – I believed that Oklahoma was going to win the game, but I can tell you that uh, the longer time wore on, particularly at halftime, the, the type of lead they had and the way that defense was playing – I was about giving up on my prediction. I figured uh, the Baylor Bears were going to go ahead and win the football game, and it would—it was going to be an absolute shock to me. Uh, but uh, did not happen. Yeah, did not happen. It was a 31-10 halftime score, and then in the second half, the Bears were shut out. By the way, Baylor was undefeated at the time. Uh, they had the 9-0 and record, and with 24 second-half points, Jalen Hurts and the Sooners able to escape Waco with a 34-31 comeback victory. And a lot of people are saying, hey, Jalen Hurts is somebody we we got to consider for that top honor, which would mean he would be the third consecutive Oklahoma Sooner quarterback to win the Heisman. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I tend to um, lean a little bit towards Joe Burrow at this point, but uh, Jalen Hurts, if there's such thing as a Heisman performance, and you hear about that for a Heisman moment, I guess is the better way to put it. We hear about that every single year. You know, what's the Heisman moment? Who, you know, is he going to have a Heisman moment, et cetera? If, if that's a thing, then it was the second half for Oklahoma against Baylor, I would say. Um, a lot of that uh, credit does go – would go to Jalen Hurts. He had a wonder, he had a wonderful second half bringing the, the Oklahoma Sooners back. But the contrast is what's so incredible. That the first half, uh, kind of as we've talked about, Baylor had Oklahoma figured out. I mean, Baylor def- the Baylor defense, which has been great all year, looked like they had completely figured out Lincoln Riley, Jalen Hurts, uh, and everyone else on that Oklahoma Sooner offense. They were dominating uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. Hurts had thrown an interception. He had fumbled a football. He looked completely lost. So after the half, uh, what's so impressive is, and I think a lot of this credit goes to Hurts, but I think a lot of the credit honestly goes to Lincoln Riley with some offensive adjustments, which were just incredible um, in the second half. Um, as dominant as the Baylor defense looks, uh, frustrating her, getting behind the line of scrimmage, et cetera, um, Oklahoma looked just as dominant in the second half, just, just absolutely doing what they wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, if that's a Heisman moment, and, you know, it's a one-loss team, we got a couple games left, and we have the Big 12 championship to go. There's a lot of football to be played. Um but if, uh, like I say, if there's such a thing as a Heisman moment, that was probably Jalen Hurts' Heisman moment for uh, the entire second half of that football game. And I remember about seven, eight years ago, right there in that same town, but not at the same stadium, where Baylor had a big win and they had a guy there, I think number 10 was his jersey number. He pretty much came out and said, yeah, I think I just won the Heisman. How much confidence did you hear coming from Jalen Hurts after this big OU win? <laughs> He's not that type of guy. Uh, Jalen's a kind of a soft-spoken, um, 
soft-spoken guy. I know he was fired up about the win. I think probably, um, you know, he's the type of guy who would say, you know, I wish I would have played better in the first half. Uh, so I, th- I think it's going to give him some confidence. He felt good about it. I think he likes his team. I think he feels good about Oklahoma's prospects down the road, beating the uh, uh, the last undefeated team they're going to go against, obviously, um, until possibly the national championship game. But I think Jalen's a little bit different um, than uh, – he, he's a soft-spoken guy. So I, like, I think he likes what happened. I think he's confident, but uh, he's not one to toot his own horn. Kind of soft-spoken like one Matt Herman's our barrister of Big 12 football. Hey, not only was that game exciting, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that I think the Big 12 has to be the most equal conference in all of college football. And the games kind of – they end up being a an example of that. So not only did Oklahoma come back in thrilling form and win at Baylor, you had Iowa State and Coach Campbell defeating the Texas Longhorns 23-21. This game wasn't close, but it was expected. Oklahoma State 31-13 over the Kansas Jayhawks in Week 12. How about Kansas State going down to West Virginia? The Nears come to life on the road and get a 24-20 victory in Manhattan. And then another, a little bit of a surprise game. The Horn Frogs went to Lubbock and defeated Texas Tech 33-31. So, Barris, you're a Big 12 football. Hey, how would you sum up this past weekend with all those other games? Are you saying the Big 12 is the egalitarian social justice league? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? They're social uh, justice warriors right there in the Big 12. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe, um, you know, there's two different perspectives. You can look at it as having, you know, great competition week in and week out, which is typically the line the SEC gets. Uh, or you can say it's, uh, you know, just a lot of mediocrity there. And no team is really, um, you know, really uh, has a um, – you know, other than Oklahoma, I guess, and Baylor up until last week, there's no team that's really distanced themselves from one another. But either way, you've got to – you know what you do have in the Big 12 is a bunch of freaking great games, and that's a very technical term True. to use. But True. Uh, you have a lot of really good football games week in and week out. Um, all of the games were, were good. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma State fans, that's not, not necessarily good. But the rest of them could have gone either way. came down to the end. Um, you know, TCU going into Lubbock and winning, not uh, – not a huge surprise. I think these are two pretty evenly matched teams uh, with some interesting quarterback situations going on there. Um, you know, uh, Texas Tech had a, had a chance there towards the end of the game. They needed a drive to move down the field, went three and out with some pretty uh, pretty awful um, offensive uh, you know, performance there at the end. But great game, a really good home crowd there. That is a, kind of an underrated rivalry game. Um, like we talked about before, Battle of West Texas, even though Fort Worth is nowhere near <laughs> Texas. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, Iowa State beating Texas, I would say that's not a surprise. I think we discussed it last week. I think but I think you entered. I think you had a hot take. I think you took uh, Iowa State over Texas, and uh, so did I. So, um, yeah, the Cyclones beating the, the Texas Longhorns, not a surprise there, but another great, uh, really fantastic game. And, of course, Baylor-Oklahoma, a wonderful game. Um, Kansas State-West Virginia is a surprise. I would not have uh, predicted that, although uh, Kansas State seems to be in a bit of a free fall at this point in the season. Started off ranked, uh, some really good wins, playing really good football. Have not lost games by very much. Mm-hmm. Still a very competitive football team. I think uh, Mr. Kleeman uh, there in Kansas State has a bright future um, in, in, in Manhattan. But, uh, yeah, a little bit of a surprise. West Virginia 
uh, not exactly the class of the Big 12, but came out strong, came out early and strong, and officially uh, uh, had control of this game from the jump. So interesting season for Kansas State. We'll see how they finish the last couple of games. But great weekend and close games. Uh, really nice weekend for football. Talking with our Big 12 barrister, Matt Hermans here on the Y'all Show Tuesday edition. Now we come to where the Big 12 is as we get ready for week number 13 in college football. And remember, this is a conference that doesn't have divisions. They take the top two teams and put them in Arlington for the conference championship here in about two weeks. So let me give everybody an update, Matt Hermans, on where the Big 12 currently sits. you got two teams sitting atop. At, that is, of course, Oklahoma and Baylor at 6-1. and one. Now, they all play nine conference games. So we can't necessarily at this point guarantee, I guess Oklahoma might can guarantee a spot in that conference championship game. Do you know how that works? Right, yeah, yeah, I think right now, um, I don't think there's not another team with enough. In other words, there's not enough team with, with few enough losses uh, to even if Oklahoma lost the last two games, they would be still tied for the top spot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean they're 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 looking pretty good. So is Baylor, although um, you know theoretically both of those teams could lose the last two games instead of three wins. And there's a couple other teams with three wins. So um, yeah. it could be, put it this way: they they are they are looking. They're sitting pretty. Okay. Well, let me just recap where we are in the Big 12 standings. OU and Baylor are 6-1, and one, and, of course, OU with the tiebreaker there. Then you got a couple of teams with four and three conference marks, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Texas. Then you come down to the teams that are three and four in the league, Kansas State and TCU, Texas Tech, and West Virginia have an equal record at two and five, and poor old Les Miles and the Hawks of, J- of Kansas as Kansas is at one and six in Big 12 play. So we're not quite ready to put OU and Baylor in Arlington, but I would say they're right at the doorstep. I would say so, too. Both those teams would have to lose their last two games, uh, and the other team sitting at three losses would have to win their last two games. And then it would be um, – then it would go down to the different criteria that they use. But I would say there's a, there is a better than 50% chance that we're going to see OU Baylor again, mm-hmm. what I would have meant. Well, maybe this time Baylor will get the best of them and advance to a really big bowl game. But still a good job by Matt Rule. He's taken something out of nothing. This was a program two years ago that lost to the Liberty Flames, I think it was. And they just had all the the off-the-field controversy. And he's got a darn good program going on there at McLean Stadium. That's your Big 12 standings. Now, let's talk about some Big 12 news. This guy is not necessarily coaching in the Big 12 right now, but Bob Stoops' name keeps coming up for the Florida State job. And, of course, he's a guy who's got a job. His job is the new head coach of the Dallas-area XFL team that's going to debut in February of 2020. Hey, what do you think of Coach Stoops' name even being considered for a major college football job? Honestly, I think it's great. Um, I, you know, big, uh, Bob, Bob Stoops is – Obviously, synonymous with the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, even even with the success Lincoln Riley's had. Think of Bob Stoops, think of Oklahoma, and vice versa. Uh, I think I like the fit. Um, Stoops going, in other words, Stoops uh, being linked to the Florida State job. I like the fit, and, and here's why: uh, there there are a couple different kinds of coaches. I think throughout college football, you have the really uh, tactical 
coaches, you have the technicians that specialize on one side of the ball. In other words, for instance, a Bud Foster at Virginia Tech, this is the defensive coordinator his entire life, is a defensive-minded uh, tactician as a head coach. So a CEO, but also uh, very technically sound. You have guys like Sonny Dykes, an offensive uh, head coach, a very a specialized offensive coordinator as head coach. And we can go on and on and on. There are different coaches like that. Uh, Chip Kelly may be an offensive guy as well. For Oregon, we could talk about him uh, down the line. But you also have the other time. But maybe not at UCLA. Come on now. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe not now. But, uh, you know, I think that's what they might have hired him for. But it's just not coming together. But long story short, then you have the other type of coach, which is more of a CEO, a figurehead, a, and I, you know, CEO is kind of a term that people throw around. It's kind of trite, a uh, little bit of a cliche, but. What I mean is, is a, it's somebody who runs the day-to-day business, somebody who um, who puts a face on the program, someone who recruits, someone who has a sense of, um, and he uses a big word here, like gravitas uh, program, somebody who comes in, shakes kids' hands, and lends this element of, of heft and weight for a program. Bob Stoops is one of those guys. He's not a... Um, he's not somebody who is going to spend, you know, 14 hours a day in X's and O's. He's somebody who runs a football program, uh, deals with the public, recruits well, um, really puts off an air of just a, a, a really high-end, high-level, big-name college football coach and runs each aspect, uh, delegates quite a bit. He's more of the CEO type of coach, and I think that's a perfect fit uh, at Florida State. I think Bobby Bowden was this type of coach for many, many years there, big name. Um, you know, big, big man in the sport, uh, lends a lot of, uh, like I say, heft and weight to recruiting uh, and, and is able to draw in uh, assistants who know they're going to be with someone who really runs a, a quality ship. I like Bob Stoops there at Florida State. Florida State has uh, a lot of athletes in Florida and the Panhandle and Alabama, the whole area over there uh, surrounding Tallahassee. I think Stoops is the perfect guy for that type of job, to be completely honest. So you're in favor of it. Okay. I like it. I All like right. It. What has Bob Stoops really been doing the last two years? I know he's supposed to take over this new XFL franchise, but has he been hanging out in Norman? Or what's he doing? Well, he's been attending a lot of Oklahoma football games. Okay, so I know that. Uh, <laughs> he's been. I think he's been kind of a uh, kind of a background presence there for Lincoln Riley. Uh, he has not been far removed from Oklahoma. He hasn't been running anything, but okay. he's not. He's not someone who is uh, who is terribly far removed from the Oklahoma football program. I, personally, I think I think Bob Stoops has been figuring out a way to get back into coaching is what I think he's uh-huh. been doing. I don't think he's done at all. Uh, he's a relatively – well, he's not an old man, put okay. it that way. Well, uh, so. it sounds like he's really having a great time in Norman going to the tailgates and stuff because it's not like he's going up to the tailgates. It's like, man, Coach Stoops, we sure wish you were back here. Our program is in the dumps. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, Lincoln Riley's job is uh, is pretty secure. So yeah, no, he's, he's certainly not. He's not looking at pulling a Bill Snyder at Kansas State. <laughs> yeah. I think I think he wants to coach again, but not at Oklahoma. All right. Well, that is fantastic news. Now, what's coming up in the Big Twelve this weekend? We've got some monster games continuing in the conference. Maybe not quite Baylor, Oklahoma, going on, but hey, we will tell you that OSU, the Cowboys, will be going into red hot West Virginia as WVU comes back home after that big road win at K State. This is a game set for high noon Eastern 
11 o'clock on ESPN2. Mr. Hermans, what about the Mountaineers and the Pokes? Yeah, well, the Mountaineers, um, you'd, you'd initially say Oklahoma State's got the edge there. Uh, Spencer Sanders, the freshman quarterback, playing well again, had a little bit of a slump in the middle of the season. Uh, even without Tyler Wallace, Chuba Hubbard keeps on chugging chugging along like a freight train, uh, just terrorizing defensive lines and linebackers there at the running back position for Oklahoma State. But, uh, you know, West Virginia, uh, shoot, they, they surprised Kansas State um, just a few days ago. So, very unpredictable team there that Neil Brown has, but I would still, I would still believe that Oklahoma State uh, has the motivation, still technically in the hunt for the Big Twelve title game, despite them being unlikely. Mm-hmm. They're not out of it mathematically, so I think the motivation there is going to push them to a victory. Hey, can I share some Chuba Hubbard slash Canadian humor that I just came up with? Yeah, let's hear what it's about. <laughs> well, along those lines, do you know what Chuba Hubbard's position there in the backfield with Oklahoma State is? Maple syrup? No. Uh, I don't, he, I don't is, <laughs> he, he is an A-back. An A-back, okay. You know, that's like a new one. I've a, heard about an A-back. You know how Canadians say A? Uh, an E-H-back? Yeah, he, he's an A-back oh. in the backfield I, for OSU, and that's what I'm talking about. Uh, that's not bad. I'll okay. give you that. Not as good as you, though. I, I, I have to give all credit to you. The Rock Chalk Jayhawkers will be traveling to their fellow Big 8 opponent of yesteryear as Iowa State and the Jayhawks have a game at Jack Trice Stadium set for 12 noon, 11 central. Who's going to walk out of there with the victory, eh? Well, I like the clones. I like the little birdie in the in the uh, tornado there. Um, okay. I think Iowa State. I think aside from uh, Oklahoma and maybe Baylor, I think Iowa State is probably playing the best football in the Big Twelve. Um, really, really think that's a, a tough team to handle despite their non-impressive record. But technically, they're still in the hunt as well. Yeah, six and four is their overall mark. So still. So, Exactly. So, theoretically, mathematically, still on the chase for a Big 12 title berth if things were to fall their way. But uh, Iowa State playing very well. I like that football team. They're coming together a little later in the season. But uh, give me the clones and Matt Campbell, heck of a coach. All right. Big game at McLean Stadium again this weekend. As Baylor, they were hoping to walk into this one still undefeated. Unfortunately, the fellows from down in Austin will be coming up to Waco for this one as the Longhorns and Baylor have a matchup at McLean Stadium. Yeah. Uh, this is a you know two-hour battle, an I-35 battle, if you will. So you got Baylor just a couple hours up the road from Austin and uh, – you know, there's there's going to be plenty of, um, you know, you call it bad blood, you call it rivalry. Uh, you what you what you have is a blue blood in the Texas Longhorns who believe uh, in their heart that they are just on a completely different level than the Baylor Bears, and they will want to, um, you know, despite you know reality over the last several years, that, that don't let reality get in the way. But the Texas Longhorns will come in looking to. Um, Show Baylor that they're Baylor. Uh, this is always the way it works with Baylor in Texas. Uh, there will be a lot of Longhorn fans there at McLean uh, Stadium since it is such a short drive. This will be interesting. What I'm curious to see, and I'm actually excited about this game, not that it has a huge bearing on anything for the Longhorns in particular. It certainly does for Baylor. But Baylor is coming off uh, an absolute 
beast of a football game, an absolute heartbreaker of the highest order. I mean, you go from being a team that has a chance at a, a uh, almost said BCS, a playoff berth, um, to, you know, to be completely honest now, in the Big 12 on the outside looking in at that, uh, Oklahoma is going to be ranked uh, far above Baylor now in the playoff rankings. Um, and, you know, uh, you could say with good reason or without good reason, but that's just the fact of the matter. So they go from being the only undefeated in the Big 12 with the inside track to making the playoff to on the outside looking in and in, in a heartbreaking fashion. So uh, Texas Longhorns are going to be coming in frothing, ready to put Baylor in their place. And the Baylor Bears are coming off an absolutely soul-crushing loss to the Oklahoma Sooners. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. This is probably going to be one of the hardest games for Matt Rule to coach this whole year, I would imagine, just getting his guys motivated to get back in and say, listen, this this game, this season is not over. You've got to beat the Longhorns. You know, we can still win the Big 12. So uh, I will be curious to see how the Baylor Bears bounce back. It's going to be difficult. The Longhorns are going to be ready to play. I have to ask you about the Longhorns with Coach Herman. If they had somehow – lose this game at Waco this weekend, Texas will drop to six and five. And that's not exactly what Longhorn fans were hoping for when they signed this guy up to a multi, multi, multi-million dollar contract. No, no, it is, it is not. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, the new car or the new coach sticker is still kind of hanging on Tom Herman. He's still got that new coach smell. <laughs> if you get up close to him. Um, but, you know, the, the Texas Longhorns believe they are Alabama, okay? And uh, despite their history maybe saying that they're not and they never have been, that has never been one, one that has never been something that stops them from believing they're Alabama or um, any number of other, you know, consistent all-time trophy case filling blue bloods. Uh, so, I think the word you're looking for is delusional. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm not the. I was. I was not going to to say it, but that is true. So they 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 are under they are under the impression that that's who they are and that that's who they should be every year. So I will tell you this: despite uh, the absolute fawning of the Texas media and in the national media, honestly, over Tom Herman and him uh, kissing the uh, nape of the neck on each one of his players prior to the football game, which is his decision. Um, that will turn sour very, very quickly if the Longhorns don't start to win. Now, of course, they haven't won a whole lot of anything since Mac Brown. And, of course, he was not good enough for them, so they ran him out of there as well, um, despite a national championship. But, again, this is a, this is a program who believe, that believes they're Alabama, and they're not going to wait very long for Tom Herman. You will be shocked at how quickly the, uh, the, the, uh, the fortunes there for Mr. Herman will change in Austin uh, and he's he's right on the verge. I know he's only been there a short period of time, uh, but that is a very unique place to coach. It can be um, very glamorous, and it can be uh, brutal. So we'll see how this pans out. It could be a bad off season for, for, for Coach Herman. All right, your last two Big 12 games going on this 13th weekend of college football. The Kansas State Wildcats try to rebound after a tough home loss, and they'll be at Jones AT&T Stadium in Lubbock to take on the Red Raiders. This is a Fox Sports 1 broadcast set for 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Lubbock County time. And then the final game, TCU will be at Oklahoma, and this game set for an 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock start on the Fox Network from Memorial Stadium in Norman. Anything about those final two games you need to throw in here, Barrister? 
Uh, just briefly, Texas Tech looking to become bowl eligible after two straight losing seasons. They need to win their last two games, which is going to be very, very difficult for them to do. Um, TCU is also looking to become bowl eligible. They're only one win away. Uh, but again, just like I said, uh, Baylor is going to have difficulty maybe getting mer- uh, motivated. I think Oklahoma is not going to have any problems getting motivated after that win. So I think they'll be ready for TCU and they'll win that game going away. All right. Well, that's your 13th weekend of Big 12 and college football. When we come back, hey, we're just days away from Thanksgiving, and we're going to go to y'all.com to get some insight and share it with our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans, and we'll talk a little turkey with Matt. All that is coming up after the break as we conclude this Tuesday Y'all Show. Stay with us. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. Back into y'all final segment as we are getting ready to talk turkey with our barrister of not only Big 12 football, but of barbecue. Matt Hermans is joining yours truly, John Rawl, wrapping up this Tuesday edition. And hey, we're only about nine days away from Thanksgiving 2019. And if you go to y'all.com right now, we're getting ready for the big holiday with a couple of really delicious stories and some helpful stories at that. And we're going to break in our turkey talk into two segments. We're going to have a little addition today, and then we'll have next week another edition of getting your turkey ready for Thanksgiving. And so what we thought we would do today is talking about frying turkey. Next week with Matt Herons, we'll discuss roasting turkeys. So Barrister... Let's talk a little frying tips for Turkey Day 2019. What is the basics as we get ready here in about nine days to get that turkey prepared for a feast? I love fried turkey. Um, This is something that has become very popular throughout the South over the last decade. And I think uh, maybe it has moved in other parts of the country, but I don't care. And I'm not, uh, not aware of if that's happened uh, either, but it has become very, very popular across the, the southern United States, and for good reason. Um, people sometimes people are scared of frying a turkey. I don't mean scared of the turkey, uh, but it, 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 there's there are horror stories that have gone around, and I think a lot of people have seen pictures of these things on YouTube or 
uh, horror stories about, you know, I, one second I was frying my butterball, the next second uh, my house was gone, and uh, things like this. But I will tell you this, there's, there's really nothing to be scared of if you do it the way you're supposed to do. And I'm here to give you some pointers on that. So, first of all, uh, the, the great, I'm going to tell you the upsides on frying a turkey. The wonderful thing about frying a turkey is the incredible amount of moisture that is locked in to the turkey when you when you deep fry it. Sometimes, much as I love turkey, sometimes turkey can tend to try to dry out a little bit. And we pretty much, you know, uh, the dark meat on a turkey is certainly popular, uh, but I think the white meat, the breast, is, is probably the most popular uh piece of a turkey for thanksgiving that's what we all think about mm-hmm. even dark meat even dark meat chicken guys like myself who you know pretty much discard the breast and eat the legs uh, i think even even people like me eat the the breast on uh, on thanksgiving so it can be dried out not the case with a dry with a uh, with a deep fried turkey not the case at all and the reason for that is just the same reason you you have when you fry chicken you have such a high level of heat, and the and the oil is such a hot. Not only just the heat level, but also it coats everything so quickly. It also enhances. It also shortens the cooking time, so you don't lose that moisture long term. There's no evaporation, mm-hmm. so you get moisture out of it. And it also, uh, you know, John, it's like microwaving a turkey. It's so fast. I mean, you could take a ten, fifteen pound bird if you have a pot large enough. Uh, and you can cook it in 45 minutes. You can cook it in an hour. This is a incredibly fast way to cook a bird. So those are the good things about it, the incredible moisture level um, and the quickness or the time frame. This is what you want to do, though, to properly fry a turkey. You need a pot, obviously. You need a turkey frying pot. You can get that at any of your little local academy or, you know, I don't care if it's academy. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, Go can to your I ask local you an important question? So yeah. the only purpose of having that turkey pot is to deep fry a turkey, right? It's not like you're going to be using it every day of the year, the rest of the year? Yeah. So in my neck of the woods, a turkey pot is also like a crawfish pot. So uh, if you have if you have a crawfish pot, um, you know, it's the same deal. It's a big thing. A big, big container that you can get really hot and boil crawfish or fry turkey. So I would say, you know, crawfish and turkey pot. Put it that. Well, way. let me ask so, you a dumb question: Are these turkey yeah. fryers something you can rent? Uh, that's a heck of a good question. I really don't know. They're, they're kind uh, of bulky, and if you have limited space, you may love the yeah. taste of turkey frying, and you might enjoy doing it, but you don't want to necessarily have that thing sitting in the corner all year long. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what: if some, if it's not. If it's not a rental situation, then, you know, somebody listening maybe should. (laughs) It ought to be. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, um, but if you're going to fry turkey, uh, first of all, you know, you want to be careful. You want to make sure uh, that your oil level is proper. The reason reason these fires start is pretty simple. First of all, the oil is way too hot. You want to have a thermometer in there. You want the oil to be between 350, 375. You don't want it to be 500 degrees and smoking. Um, so that's one thing. Make sure you have a thermometer. Make sure you have it at the right temperature. But also, um, the other thing is overfilling the turkey pot. So if you avoid overfilling it with oil, uh, you can avoid any type of risk to life, limb, house, children, family, everything else. And what you want to do you can cheat the system a little bit this way. So it's very difficult when you think about it. Well, how the heck do I know how much oil to put in? Because when I dunk my turkey, 
I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know how deep it's going to sink, and I don't know how much oil is going to rise up to the top. Well, there's an easy way to fix that problem. Mm-hmm. When you get your when you get your turkey pot, put some water in it. Take your frozen turkey, and most turkeys are going to be frozen, obviously, and sink it in there. Make a little line or make a little mark on the outside of the pot. Um, you know, you can use an erasable marker, a pen. It doesn't really matter. See where that turkey takes the water. You want it to be completely covered, but you don't want it overflowing, of course. And you always have to um, also uh, plan for some uh, some bubbling. You know, we put something in a hot fryer, you got a little bit of bubbling going on. So put some water in your pot, sink your frozen turkey in there to the bottom, see where the water level rises. That's where you want the oil. End of story. And then your uh, your your fire risk is thereby um, easily uh, remedied there. So once you've got that figured out, you're set to go. You want oil. The best kind of oil to fry a turkey in is peanut oil. Hmm. You could get a giant bucket or a giant plastic container of peanut oil. It's not necessarily cheap. probably costs you 40 bucks or so. Uh, but you'll get that, and you'll use that giant uh, peanut oil. The reason peanut oil is good, you can use other oils too, but you want a high and high smoke level oil. And that means an oil that can get up to 350, 375 without starting to burn and smoke and oxidize. And peanut oil doesn't start smoking or oxidizing until something like 425 and you're not going to cook that hot. So peanut oil is great. It also gives you a nice crisp. Uh, peanut oil is just a great Southern oil to fry with. It's really, it's really fantastic. So the next thing you need to know about frying a turkey is injection. You, you simply must inject your turkey. Here's why. You are not going to be able to to season or um, add flavor to the turkey in any other way when you fly, fry a turkey. In other words, if you're roasting a turkey, you can stick all kinds of veggies up in the cavity. You can put seasoning under the skin. You can baste it. You can uh, pour broth over it. You can do all kinds of different things that add flavor to the turkey itself. You're not going to be able to do that when you fry the turkey. In fact, you put seasoning on it, it's just going to come off in the oil, <laughs> and the seasoning is not going to have time to get down into that meat anyway for 45 minutes. So you've got to inject it. Otherwise, you're going to have a bland turkey. So there's all kinds of different injections. Uh, you can make your own injection. Uh, you can purchase any number of Cajun injection or uh, Zatarans or whatever brand they have at the grocery store. But you've got to inject it. You want to inject the legs, you want to inject the thighs, and you want to inject the absolute heck. Sounds like you've done this before. A couple times. You want to inject the absolute (laughs) heck out of the breath. That is is going to give you that that deep, rich flavor inside the meat, and you've got to do it. If you follow all those tricks and you time the turkey and, um, you know, you cook it for the proper time frame, it's going to be good. It's really going to be good. It's mm. hard to screw up. As long as your house is standing, you've injected the bird and it's cooked properly, it's going to be extreme. You're going to love it. I'll just put it to you that way. You're going to love it. Well, I'm going to inject myself into this conversation, Matt, because we have run out of time on today's Y'all Show Talking Turkey with you. And if you want to get more tips of how to fry your turkey for Thanksgiving, go to the article Turkey Talk Frying Tips from Clark Shelton, and he kind of helps a little bit more detail about what Matt Herbens was just talking about and a few other pointers. You can find that at y'all.com again in the food section, Turkey talk frying tips. And next week, Matt, we'll have you talk about roasting a Turkey for Thanksgiving. So get ready for that great conversation. And of course, get ready for another great weekend of big 12 football. We appreciate everything. Have a great rest of your week, sir. 
You too, Mr. Raw. Can't wait till next time. All right, Matt Herman's our barrister. Well, that will wrap up our conversation here on this Tuesday, y'all. Make sure you join us for another exciting y'all on Wednesday. Until that time, hey, keep it going. Keep it Southern. We'll be back with you tomorrow for an all-new y'all. Thanks for listening. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You two can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions.